I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Round 18 here, the last of hopefully the, uh, well, the carnage rounds as we like to call them in Supercoach land. So we've had two bye weeks, split rounds, all that sort of gear. And now it's just that trying to get through Origin uh, tomorrow night as we go to air and make sure that our players back up safely. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Lakey, joined by you and it's just the two of us tonight. Kind of romantic. How are you? Nice and intimate setting, mate. I've got the candles mm. going, the wine sitting next to me. It's it's nice. It's romantic. A wine. A wine, yeah. hey. You're gearing yeah. up for tomorrow night. That's it. I'm just trying to keep warm in the, in the uh, freezing Arctic temperatures we've got going on at the moment. So glad i'm inside all rugged up and not running around on a footy field like those idiots will be doing tomorrow night well it's yeah it's a bit rainy we all talk about uh the weather of late in sydney it's been atrocious but up here they had a randomly rainy day today but looking at the radar and the the forecast for tomorrow it looks like seven degrees uh minimum which could be pretty dicey for us queenslanders but no rain about so it should be a dry track at suncorp stadium so yeah absolute cracker early prediction yeah, mate. So uh, I had a look at it at Savo too, and it, for some reason the clouds are just opening up overnight, and then it's going to be all fine and dandy across the weekend. Um, the Titans Broncos game, which I'm assuming you're alluding to, uh, later in the week too. So like we're getting across the weekend, everything's going to be nice and dry. So Origin first, and then the NRL is going to be a good one. Even Sydney, looking at that, there's an actual sun on their uh, the forecast on the, the iPhone as I look at it now. So there you go, Sydney. Geez, get out and about five degrees though. Why would you live there? But anyway, uh, that's that's offside. We got through the round 17 week. I mean, I, I targeted it a little bit ha- hard, I guess I would say. I think I had 13 in there with some of the Nico Hines carnage and, and Talakai out and all that kind of thing. So I had 13 in the end, which got me to about a 900, which was a you know probably top it's a of huge the, score it it's is a i did see some score. thousands yeah. and a miraculous 1300 plus from about i don't know 100 first timers by the yeah. way having a look through that so congratulations to them who'd have thought just out of nowhere your super coach absolute gurus just waiting That's, in yeah, the just wings decided well halfway through the year to pick up the the game so uh, we'll look forward to them all joining from round one next year <laughs> absolutely how did you go uh i Banked uh, 740, which put me up three and a half, 4K, something in the ranking. So still not doing super, but it's a step in the right direction. So what's the go from here on in? There's eight rounds to go. So, I mean, trades at a premium, if you're like me, and wasted a fair few of them this year. I've got six, which means less than one around. So I'm, yeah, treading with caution as we gear up into this all-important business end. Uh, but, yeah, what, what's your sort of strategy? How many trades you got left? I've got nine left, um, and I'm pretty close to what I would consider a final team. Just got to make a few tweaks, but 
I mean, as I said, I'm a fair way back, so it's time to throw a few darts and get a few pods and hope that they can fire and, and I can get some respectability in my end of season. I don't know about you, but I'm looking at my side and there's not too many nuffs. You know, but this time of year, we're trying to make uh, cash to fund some guns. But I don't know, there's been a lot of good cheapies so far this year that are still fattening out as we speak. So there's not too many of those guys, you know, the Shannon Harrises and, well, not Jed Cartwright this year, but in yesteryear, he was uh, one of those guys that everyone seemed to have in at some stage. But uh, yeah, just looking around, there's not many bottom dollar nuffs that I'm carrying in my side. With only six trades, I'm not going to get them. So I don't know. Are we taking that same strategy as previous years or is it a risk to run with too many non-playing reserves? Yeah, I think the latter this year, especially with what we've seen with COVID, um, COVID causing havoc to teams. And I think depth is key and a lot more people are focusing on that this year. So it's it's um, maybe the teams aren't as strong, but they're far deeper than we've seen in previous years. Like, you know, this stage, as you said, you'd have five or six nuffs and be running a very strong 18 or 19 guys. Um, but we just can't do that this year. As soon as COVID hits and... It got the Sharks last week with Nico out and, and Toby Rudolph as well, which wasn't overly super coach relevant, but it, it only takes to get into one system and it's, it can really ruin your weekend. Just thought I'd do a little bit of a around the grounds on the Young Legends League. You might have heard us refer to it before, but it's the likes of you and me, Wenon, we've got Catfish in there, Joe, Fitz, some of the Daily Telegraph boys. So it's a um, yeah, relatively, well know-it-all kind of league. We all talk a big game, but we rarely show it. But there's a couple of guys doing quite well here. Uh, Benny G, we had him on a couple of weeks ago. He's 185th, so he had a bit of a stumble after our pod classic, but uh, gained some ground last week with the 740. Wenon uh, made me promise I would mention he's 1400th in climbing. Decent score last week from not so many players around a 700. So he's Still firing, but at this stage of the year, he's normally cast and just given up the game. Um, Fish, he's doing pretty well, 2.1K. Go all the way down. Uh, I mean, you and I are floating in that um, mm-hmm. 6,000-odd. You're just under 10K, which is pretty handy. But then you look right down the bottom. Kirk up, Nick, one of our oh. uh, site founders. He is in 30,000th at the moment. And I don't know if he's playing anymore, but I've not sure. heard much from the big fella. Yeah, so, say he was awful ch- chirpy last year when he was doing well and to start was. this year. But yeah, he's gone quiet. And so yeah, I want to shout out to Nick. Give us a mm. bell and let us know how if you're still running around. Hopefully, Movie World Rides are uh, you know making up for the the lost fun of a bad Supercoach year. But anyway, good uh, good luck to him in the run home. So yeah, it's fairly uh, yeah bit of an even spread amongst us. But uh, having a look around at some of the. NRL Supercoach Talk Leagues. I mean, there's a lot of quality players in there. I think Let's Go Brendan uh, is the name of his team. He's currently sitting third. I think he's top of our Supercoach Talk mm-hmm. uh, League, the unlimited group there. So well done to him and all the best for the run home. It's an exciting time of year if you're up that uh, up that way. I'm sure people like that, if you're in the top 100 at this time of year, you're listening to as many pods as you can or you know, articles, whatever it might be, trying to look at people around you, what their teams are like. But for you and me, I mean, frig, we, we just throw a dart at whatever it. trades we want to make right now. It's a good spot to be, don't you reckon? It's no stress super coach, I call it. You don't have to worry about making the right decisions and not going to ruin your season because it's already gone. So just get the players that you, you know, for me, it's going to be getting a couple of the guys that I enjoy watching play the game that I know they can score big in a couple of pods and see if I can actually claw back up the rankings a little bit. But um, yeah, someone like yourself with a few uh, less trades, uh, things might be getting a little 
tight, especially if you get a couple of injuries. I'm just thinking that last round of the year, you know, round 25, there's restings are plenty, as we all know. So you need a you know, two at, at I, well, I guess it's the most I can do without any boosts, but I need to save two for that round, I think, just given the carnage we uh, all know and love. But uh, so, yeah, basically I'm running on four for the next seven rounds. But uh, I'll have some fun with them. Who knows? I'm sure I'll, uh, I'm bound to get a few right and a few wrong. So we'll see how they go and laugh along the way. Having a look at some head to heads. I mean, that's where I tend to focus at this time of the year as well. And I'm doing okay in a couple of cash leagues. So turn my attention to those bad boys. I'm in 10 leagues. I think four of them are for cash. So there you go. Hopefully not just throwing my money down the drain like you I normally are do. Generate. There's never been a question mm. about it. Certainly isn't. All right, that's enough fluff. Let's get into the round 18 news. You've done your team list and us. It's up on the site right now. I've had a quick skim through, so I'm going to rely on you as always for the ins and outs and all the shakings and movings that have gone on in a pretty busy Tuesday, it's fair to say. I think the NRL.com site uh, didn't show the teams initially, such was the carnage that was unfolding, but uh, you've made it through that site. We'll talk about some of the run-home holds. I think after last week, normally we're trying to jettison some really bad bi-week players, but there's not that many so far. Just having a look through my side and a few others in and around, I think there's some guys we might be seriously considering holding that we didn't think we would be, but uh, we'll go through some of those. Pod buys for this week. I think uh, it's a safe week. We'll chat about whether it's a trade week or a a hold week. I'm personally in favour of the latter, just because I think it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those mystery weeks where we just want to get a healthy 17 on the field, but not too many players really catching the eye in the trades column. I'll talk about some sells possibly this week. There don't look to be too many urgent ones, but we'll have a chat through a couple. And then captain's advice is to round it out. That is going to be a, uh, there's a couple of juicy matchups this week. So I think it's going to be very important to make sure you get that VCNC right. All right, Lakey, let's go your way with some of the news this week. Oh, did you see that? <laughs> so I'm playing that one because the news sound always breaks. So yeah, there we go. Great. Got away. We don't want to got break away. any eardrums this week. So we got Baz introducing us. Um, it, yeah, it was a strange one. I think at, after uh, round 13 of the first Origin game, so when we were going into round 14, 35 of the 36 Origin reps, that's, you know, 17 per plus the 18th man, 35 were named to back up. Today, only 20 have been named. Most of those uh, missing are from the Panthers, which sucks. Every Panthers guy has been given the week off, which means no Clearies, no Brian Tottos, no Isaiah Yows, Liam Martins, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's that's hurting a lot of super coaches, especially Nathan Cleary against the Tigers. That would have been a handy captaincy option. So that's the big one. The next one. Uh, <sighs> It just blows my mind, this one. I want to talk to you a bit more about it in depth, but the Tigers, have you seen their list today? They've just essentially thrown uh, darts on the dartboard to name their list. They've gone, you know, moved Brooks over to number seven. Dewey's got his sixth jersey back um, and thrown Jackson Hastings in the thirteen. At the expense of Joe Offerhand-Gowie, who was killing it in that lock role, he's now been pushed into the middle, which I think he'll play a similar similar sort of game, but his minutes might be affected a bit more. Now he's got a share with Zane Musgrove. You've got James Tama on the bench, uh, Fanua Pole, he's there, and uh, Luke Garner's an edge, but you know he can play through the middle too, I'm sure of it. So what do you make of that as a Joe O owner? Uh, does it worry you now that he's number eight? 
Probably not. I mean, I think it's the same role as you mentioned. And there's so few big minute forwards in that Tigers pack. You mentioned him, like James Tarmo, as much as I love him, grand final heroes, you know, at retirement age, basically. And a couple of young guys up and coming, Stefano Tukamani, like he's been very, very uninvolved in his time on the field. There's just no one else there that's taking up that, that role. So you get Joe taking Paul Gallon hit ups and getting in, in tackles through the middle there for 70 odd minutes. I mean, worst case, maybe he drops 10. I don't know, but I just don't think that rotation hurts him. But you know what? It probably will because Tim Sheens or whoever's pulling the reins there will work mm. out that, man, we need to give this guy 30 minutes and put two backs on the bench and bloody, I don't know, get Benji Marshall back or whatever. It's just crisis time at the poor old Tigers. And I feel uh, bad for poor old Jackson Hastings, for one, and also Adam Dewey. How has it taken that guy a month to get back to 5'8"? And how is Luke Brooks still in that side? Like so well, many questions. So just paying him too much money to sit him on the pine is the way I see it. And to me, this team looks like it's uh, let's th- throw a few options out. Let's throw an experiment out and see what we can get heading into next year. Um, see if we get some combinations clicking and see what works and doesn't. You know, this is going to be a really good week to see. Are the Tigers just going to pack it in for the rest of the year or and be, you know, for Supercoach, an absolute captaincy option whenever you're coming up as an opponent or are they actually going to put in because this is a week where they could genuinely beat the Panthers? You know, well, yeah, the outs does, and all does that. history like, repeat itself? It was this time yeah. last year they caught the Panthers in the origin rounds and, and caused an upset. So maybe they can get them again. Mm. I think if they show absolutely nothing in there and get flogged again, I think safe to say, Captain, whoever's playing them, no matter what, even if it's bloody, I don't know. Taylor May, Isaac Tango. No, not even not this week. I was just thinking of some dud player I'm still carrying. Um, but, yeah, basically just Captain, whoever comes up against them. But, you know, interesting week for them. A lot going on. The the least they could do for their fans is put in and maybe get a win. Anyway, That's right. Enough about I'm that. I'm sure they'll jag one before the end of the year and it'll probably be against my boys later on. Well, they're not playing um, the Titans, actually. I had a quick look at that. Unfortunately, they're not playing the Titans. I would have loved to see that. Wooden spoon off. Jesus. Uh, other news around the grounds, all the roosters are named to back up. So close eye will be on uh, James Tedesco on Wednesday night, making sure he gets through unscathed. But uh, Luke Keary hasn't been named. So Joey Manu stays at 5'8", which is great news for him. Um, not great for Keary. So hopefully he's uh, okay and he can get back sooner rather than later. And the other big one is Dave Fafita is back in the starting side. He- Played against the Knights two weeks ago and in uh, off the bench just to get uh, his, you know some run in the legs and then had another week off and now he's ready to go again. Uh, full charge towards nothingness towards Fiji, I suppose. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, those are the big ones. For the Storm, Cam Munster's back. Um, he and Murray Tuolangi obviously out tomorrow night with COVID, but Tuolangi backing up. On the Friday, which just wasn't enough time, they get out of their COVID quarantines on Friday, so not enough time to back up and play, but Cameron Munster is coming in. Ryan Pappenhausen seems to be okay from the 14 injuries he sustained last week when everyone bought him for the buy round, and uh, Harry Grant has been named to back up, which you think would be the case now because the Brendan Smith hearing has Mm -hmm. happened, and he's just copped a three-week suspension, so he's not going to be around for a few weeks. And the way that the Storm are going, I think they want to write their season. And uh, it seems to me uh, Harry Grant will play regardless. 
Mm, uh, definitely looking uh, forward to seeing him on the park there. It's an interesting time for the Storm. Though. I don't think they've ever been this under pressure in recent memory, even coming out of Origin when they normally drop a couple of games. They've been pretty ordinary the last few. So I don't know. I think they need all hands on deck where normally, like you said, with Munster and Grant, they might be getting a rest. But uh, yeah, definitely need a bit of a bit of a turnaround. Um, yeah, for me, I'm a bit annoyed by the Brandon Smith thing because I did pick him up for last week as, as well as he did go despite the binning. He's gone keeping around just to flip up and down with McInnes, Cam McInnes yep. for the run home, just so that, I, you know, Harry Grant's out for whatever reason. I have some ready-made coverage with that dual flexibility. So three weeks to get a bit of a freshen up and a tilt for the finals. Maybe that'll do some good for wild old Brandon Smith. But, mate, you've missed some of the biggest news coming out of Teamless Tuesday. Ben Hampton. <laughs> the big bad, Mariba Gladiator himself, Benny Hampton, is named in number 16 yep. for the Cows. 16. How about this? 283 k The X-Factor. The X-Factor the, the absolute enigma. I'm trying to have a quick look at his ownership because, yeah, 460 Just teams. Just you. <laughs> no, no, no. 460 teams. He's even got some trade-outs, one to Chad Townsend. If you've had him this long, just keep him around. That's right. Who, yeah. who knows what he can do? No trade-ins. There you go. But, uh, yeah. Safe to say, interesting week. (laughs) Interesting week. Uh, One thing uh, that I had, maybe you've got a couple more uh, points to go through, but AE Nightmare potential, and that's some Mm. round 17 buyers. So a couple of the forwards got Pole for the Tigers. Hosking, who did really well for the Broncos, has got that starting spot back, and then Jed Cartwright back to the bench. So for Mm -hmm. these guys, you probably wanted to see them one and done for the year, but, you know, good for them. They've retained their spot in the side. But uh, what do you make of that? Is it a concern longer term? I think so. It is. Um, I know with Fanua Pole, he made the round 16 side and um, performed well enough to be promoted to starter when James Tarmour couldn't go last week. So I, I feel like he was always going to be there. Hoskin and Cartwright sort of came from the cloud, so we're hoping, very much hoping they'd be one and done. Hoskin to me, seems like the more likely to be the case because he's still filling in for Kurt Capewell on the left edge there. So once Capewell's back, Hoskins likely to drop out um, or, you know, he has he did play ridiculously well. Um, so maybe he gains, uh, sticks around on the bench somewhere. But Cartwright going back to the bench, you've got, you know, big minute guys in Arrow, Kolomatangi uh, and um, Cam Murray. So where he actually gets on, and plays any sort of minutes, he'll possibly be, you know, 20-odd for Murray here and there. Um, He has AE written all over him, unfortunately. Yeah, as good as he was last week, I think that's what you kind of brought him in for. Mm. Uh, You know, you don't expect too much out of these sort of guys longer term. But, you know, 50-odd points, hugely valuable. But now it's almost like he's probably not going to make you too much cash. So do you sort of move him on if you've got the trades? The, risk, the, the issue is if you don't have the trades, you're then going to keep this guy around. kind of ruins any VC looping plays, which come in quite handy later in the season. But you know what? We talked about it. We don't have that many nuffs later in the year. Maybe the loop is a thing of the past. So maybe this isn't so much of an issue. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, we'd love to play that loop. if It's not what it was uh, designed for, but isn't us it? as a coach will still find any sort of extra we can. But um no, it's just, as I said, depth is so key this year. So maybe you've got one enough and, you know, a lot of the times they're going to be playing early in the round, you can't use it anyway. So I think it's just about nailing the captaincy's uh, first time go. 
Certainly is. Uh, all right. Anything else from Teamless Tuesday you want to go through? No, no. Um, just noting on the Broncos, um, you mentioned off air a lot of Deloise Hoyter buyers. Mm. Um, Jordan Pereira on the other wing there. Just be wary that Corey Oates has been named on the extended reserve. So if he gets through on okay on Wednesday, there's a chance he comes in and uh, Deloise is gone. Big bad Deloise got his first try in I think seven years over yeah, the, back the to weekend. Double, didn't he? Uh, I think so. Yeah, well they were killing it. Brady Broncos got to give him credit there because I certainly hadn't uh, thought there'd be much chop this season or even last week. But uh, there you go, really good performance by them. So you know, how about round of applause for the Broncos? How good? Give you love, give you love to those Bronco men. We never do, but anyway, we never do. But this is the the one time. Make the most of it. Making up the numbers. But anyhow, we shall move on. All right, let's get into the buys, sells, and holds. And I think I might start because this is this is a pretty uh, – a couple of big questions here is who are we holding in the long term? I think I've bought a lot of guys in I thought were sort of mid-range and I might rattle off the, the few that I've got down and a few that I've seen around the traps and then we might go through each one and just see, you know, are they worth holding on or is it just, you know, they might have had a good couple of weeks but long-term they're just not – a play. All right, I'll start at the top. Cody Walker, Tony Staggs, Mitch Moses, Dylan Brown, combo for the Eels there. Joe Offakengawe, Cam McInnes, Ezra Mam, and some injured or missing players. Payne Haas, Ryan Madison, Talakai. Big list there. So maybe we'll start at the top. Cody Walker. Uh, been a frustrating ride, it's safe to say, as an owner mm. of him since, geez, I think probably around eight or nine or something like that. It's been a long time coming, and he delivered in spades last week. 119, I think it was. Yep. Uh, before that, just not not the worst scores in the world, but 30s and 40s and just doing absolutely nothing out there. Has Latrell Mitchell spurned him on? And is he now a safe play for the run? I don't know. I'd like to see another week or so out of him to make sure that that's the case. Um, he did score at least one. I think he scored two on the weekend, mm, which really bumped his price up. So... He's not going to score a double every week, obviously, but you just want to make sure that this um, bunny side is firing and he's a part of everything they do, which should be the case. Um, but, you know, you've got the luxury now of that 120 sitting in his rolling average for two weeks. So he's going to make cash while you keep an eye on him and make sure he's um, playing like we expect him to play. And if that's the case, you hold on to him. The cash rises don't matter. Um, if he goes back to stinking it up, he'll make a few dollars and you can trade him on to uh, Munster or um, someone else who's who's falling in price a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, if we're talking <coughs> run-home players and who you move Cody Walker on to, Cam Munster probably not the play this week given he's backing up from Origin. But do you reckon... Cam Munster's you- not playing Origin, brother. He's coming uh, back sorry, from COVID. COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do you reckon longer term... Uh, as an owner, I assume, of Cam Munster. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you reckon he's you know an out and out gun like he was? I think so. Every yeah. other year for the last ten years. Yeah, he's he's even doing better this year than he has previously. He's always come home with a wet sail, but he's always taken a long, sort of a, a slow start, taking a little while to get into the season, and now he's you know bodies a temple and all that other rubbish. <laughs> he he's come out hit the ground running to start the year. And I think he's just going to go strength to strength on the way home. Um, it, in my eyes, he's the clear number one, five eighth in the competition. Then, you know, there's probably two or three guys you could lump behind him, but um, he's the man you want. Serious question. Does Cam need to get back on the beers for the storm to go well this season? No, 
No, I don't think That's... he's the issue. I think the depth is more their issue than just him. Uh, but I reckon he'll have a few cheeky ones if they manage to pull out the premiership again. Yeah, certainly. Uh, well done to him anyway for getting that, um, the I guess, drinking stuff under control and saving it for the off-season. I think he, in that storm side, is definitely one that can win the comp for them, but there's not a lot around that are lifting their weight at the minute. But there you go. I think, uh, as you said, Cody Walker, that huge score floating in his average, keeping him around for a couple of weeks uh, means I have to play him. But dogs this week, storm the next, Cronulla after that, so a couple of tough weeks. But, uh, yeah, anyway, maybe Luttrell's just going to fire Cody Walker up. Although the problem is you watch the way South's shape works and, you know, Alex Johnson scores billion tries because of it, but Luttrell's now often the last touch, yep. which means as a fullback he's going to get the try assists every day of the week. Uh, Walker threw a few cutouts and that sort of thing last week, kicked a, a couple of balls over the top, and that got him the try assist. But longer term, maybe Luttrell pinches those points off him. That's always been a concern with the two of them is that, you know, they're so ball dominant in a lot of things they do and there's obviously only one ball to go around. But um, when they click, both guys can go bananas. As we saw last weekend, 119 for Cody and a 93 for Luttrell. Um, it's just about getting their combinations right. And I think Luttrell wrapping around as the fullback um, will draw a lot of attention, which allows Cody to throw his patented cat out to Alex Johnson. So that left side is so potent when that's on and firing because, you know, pick your poison and um, ultimately you'll pick the wrong one. Ezra Mam sticking with the halves. He mm-hmm. uh, is another one to consider here. A lot of trade outs this week. Uh, I mean, he was a, a very handy cheapie, played round 17, scored handily, did go off for a HIA, I think, late in the game. Yeah. So robbed him of a few extra points. But a lot of people look to be using him as a stepping stone this week. Uh, looks to be to the likes of Dylan Brown. But uh, Ezra Mam, great matchup this week and looks a very good attacking player. Tyson Gamble, I guess, floating around is the one worry for him. But uh, if you didn't need to trade him, and you know, depending on your makeup, he'd be a genuine play this week, is he not? Yeah, definitely is. I'll be playing him as long as he's there and healthy. So break even of thirty, so he's not going to lose any cash. If anything, he's going to go up um, a fair bit more because uh, what was his score before this? It was only a twenty or something like that, or um, six, so, couple of thirty-six. So yeah, so those low scores will drop out after this, and his break even will drop down a little bit potentially. Um, but yeah, uh, fantastic matchup this week against the Titans, who just bleed super coach points. Um, but the concern is that HIA at the end of the game last week. If he's come out and failed that, and you know he's in concussion protocols, and he doesn't get up for this game, then Tyson Gamble's going to take over for him, and you're not going to lose any cash. But with people already down, and Nathan Cleary, Ezra Mam being out might be too much to um, handle for mm. anyone. So I can understand people panicking and making the sell now but um if you if he plays hold on to him i like the jewel as well there's not a lot of out and out jewel five eight halfbacks that are you know worth keeping around this day and age have a look at some of the halfback only you've got cleary there hughes um dce then at five eighth you got the likes of walker and munster dylan brown who are all five eight only so to have that flexibility if you do need to make an urgent trade for one of those guys in the run home could be pretty big. It means you're not carrying four guns, but I don't know if that's such an issue given how Mam has been playing. And if you have a look at yeah, his scores. Mam's not far off gun status himself, is he? He's probably a rung or two just below that, but he's far from a nuffy. So, yeah, you can absolutely throw him in at a pinch and be happy with what he gives you. 
69, Lel, uh, in his first six games. A lot of tries sprinkled in there, mm-hmm. which obviously won't happen each week. But, uh, yeah, who'd have thought I'd be talking up at Bronco this much? Genuine play this week, uh, if you were ballsy enough, maybe a captain. Uh, but, yeah, watch that uh, Watch that all-important Stasi uh, Twitter feed to make sure he is actually in. Turning attention to some Eels halves, and Dylan Brown's a huge trade in this week, but I did think I'd just put him in here. Is he a long-term uh, hold until round 25? Yeah, he I know is what you're me. gonna I know what you're gonna say, but yeah, you know say. I love him. But mm. um as I said, he's one of the handful of guys I mentioned that could come um after Munster as the, the top five eights. So I I'd probably have him at number two, um, Walker a little bit behind that as they stand at the moment. But um for me he's a definite hold and play him out. Mitch Moses, on the other hand, he would have been one of those guys people brought in just for that round 17 week, most likely, because he hasn't been setting the world on fire. Huge week for him last week against the former club, 115. And Parramatta's draw, I mean, it's it's not the worst in the world. They've got the Warriors, uh, the Broncos, who are you know, a bit better this year. Penrith, that should be a, a challenge. Manly, Souths, Dogs, Broncos and Storm. So it's, I mean, a mixed run. But he is a flat track bully, and there's a couple of flat tracks there. So Moses, longer term, uh, 15% ownership across the game. Would you be moving him on? Probably. Um, it's it's a little bit of a luxury one at this stage, considering what he can do. He's a real boom or bust type. He's going to go 120 or 20, really. Hmm. Um, but you look at the guys, you mentioned a couple before. Cleary's a must. Uh, everyone's got to have him as your halfback one. Then it's who you put in in behind him. Um, plenty already have Nico Hines, DCE's there, Jerome Hughes. So there's, there's some four names there that I would have over Moses every day of the week. So um, if you've got the ability and you've got the trades up your sleeve, yeah, definitely. Um, I think he's okay to move on. I really like DC as a run home play. Uh, having a look, you know, you got. Moses, who shares a lot of the duties with Dylan Brown, Jerome Hughes, there's a lot of chefs in that storm kitchen. So as an owner, he can be a bit frustrating to watch because he's very uh, rarely the focal point of their attack. But DCE is carrying this manly side on his back at the moment, coming out of origin, hopefully a little bit fresh. But um, I don't know, I just see a lot of value in this guy, less than 600k. Uh, I guess a bit of a pod. He's only 4% owned. It's a definite pod, I should say. Yep. I don't know. I see a lot of value for this guy. He's managed to maintain a pretty good price tag and average in what's been a tough-ish year for Manly. Yeah. So. DC's I let one of my pods out of the bag, I suppose. He's the guy I'm targeting as my um, halfback to for the run home, provided he gets through Origin okay. You look at what he did last year. I think he averaged, uh, what was it, seven. 29 for the year, but he finished the last 10 games on 110 average. Now, I know that was Belanda's ball or whatever it was, but it just goes to show how good he can be in this manly side. And as you said, you know, he's partnered up with Kieran Foran, who's a fantastic player, but everything goes through DCE. And we saw last week, uh, sorry, last manly game in round 16, Ruben Garrick picked up the um, hip pointer issue and handed over the kicking tee as well. So Cherry Evans um, plays second fiddle there. If anything's to happen to Garrick, then he gets a few extra points through just goal kicks alone. Any word on Garrick? I don't really care as an honor. I haven't heard, um, but uh, Physio spoke 
after round 16 and said these can take a couple of weeks to um, get over. They're just a pain management thing. There's no more risk of further injury, but he it could just affect the way the way he runs, um, especially in his kicking leg if it continues. All right, moving away from those guys for the minutes and just turning our attention to the center wing. And I've got one name down here, uh, and that's Katoni Staggs. I think he's been a holder's dream. If you held him this far until round 17, he delivered for you in spades last week with a couple of tries. Well overdue for him. He's at a checkered 2022, I think it's fair to say. Terrible against us. I watched him live in towns will go to cows and he was awful like was getting mm-hmm. drilled in the tackle very ineffective with the ball he looked one of their worst players out there in the space of a week maybe it's the criticism getting to him and the lack of origin talk and all that sort of thing but uh yeah huge against uh the dragons last week is that the turning point for him or flash in the pan a guy that you need to trade up to a uh, out and out gun yeah i'd be moving him on this is we've seen him do this um all year he's had Five scores above 46 for the year. They've been 108, 102, 82, 82, and last week's 103. But everything, um, he's pretty much been getting 20s and 30s around that and a couple of you know scores in the teens. So he's either bagging a couple of tries and putting on a massive score or far more often he's just not involved. He's playing a defensive game and letting Cobo run the attacking stats. Um and I think that's a great combination for the Broncos on that edge, you know, the defensive center and the attacking wing, but it's just not for Supercoach. Does play the Titans this week and the Tigers in a couple of weeks' time, though. Uh, that Tigers oh, yeah. one's at Suncorp. If you've, that's if you've got dangerous. him, you're not trading him this week. You're definitely throwing him out against the Tigers, but um, I, don't, I don't think he's a hold till round 25. There's no. far better options. He is going to make some cash though, so he will make a jump up to a you know a Joey Man or AJ, whoever you don't have in that center wing at this stage. A relatively easy one. So well done to Stags owners. Might take a quick break there. We'll come back and go through some Ford uh, holds, and we'll get into the buyers for this week. Some of the sells, there's not that many, and captains and vices to round us out. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Harry's back, mate. Oh, big good bad, on him. Big bad Harry Day. Remember him? Yeah, no. What? The the jokes are from last week. Jackie's joke. Oh, of course. Revived. Of course. My apologies. Yes, yes. I put him out of my uh, memory because he slagged me off so much. Nah, I love him. Love your work, Harry. But he's sent through some... Uh, he's, he's on the... 
I know he's off the long run up here because he sent in about uh, three jokes so far <laughs> in email there. So he's on a hot streak. I'll read yeah. uh, read, read one of them to you. So JT's corner joke corner for this week. Did you hear about the guy going around dipping his testicles in glitter? No, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's pretty nuts. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, that's been doing the rounds. I've heard that from a couple of people this week. So. <laughs> I did throw one more out there, the FNQ one close to my heart. Why do tuna not swim any further north than Brisbane? Why's that? They don't want to end up in cans. No, uh, very clever. <laughs> that's one for your kids there. Probably not the first one. But uh, thank you again, Harry. And again, more fan mail, the better. <laughs> I love a yeah. good, terrible jokes. <laughs> See if you can up that. Uh, I was out playing golf on the weekend with Benny G and, and Timmy handling a few other uh, good mates and um, trading dad jokes and, geez, there was one person in the group there that did not appreciate them at all. And I think the more you hate it, the funnier it is to me. So oh, there you go. Sure. The more The more I hear you're groaning and mumbling and grumbling, whenever I say these absolute 10 out of 10 jokes, uh, the more I'm going to come back and do it all again next week. All right, JT's joke corner for the day. I need a sound bite for that. Thank you very much, Harrison. All righty, moving in back on to some of the holds for this week. And we're in the forwards now. First name, we have spoken about him, Joe Offerhen Goway. Had a little bit of a chat about his move to prop. I don't personally think it's going to do much to him. And I think given there's no other options really that are going to take the shit hit-ups and, and make the tackles, for the Tigers, this guy's it pretty much, no matter yeah. where he plays. So for me, I'm holding him for the run. Yeah, he's in my eyes. If you've got him, he's not um, a panic trade. He's not an urgent trade out. Um, you definitely see how the move affects him, and if it lasts, you know he could be back at lock next week if this doesn't pan out for the Tigers the way they're hoping or predicting it will. So th- there's not too many guys that are playing better than him. It's just uh, Tarpane is the only front rower that's you know outscoring Joe O at the moment. And, um, you know, Isaiah Papali is there and thereabouts. But, yeah, definitely not a must-trade at this stage. Yeah, and, and the dual <clears> flexibility <throat> as well, huge plus for him in the run home when carnage can happen. Uh, same maybe with Max King. I think we all thought he was, a you know, out of our sides about a month ago. But since he's moved to prop for the dogs, he's been killing he's been it. Huge. Good minutes, great yeah. output, long-term hold. Yes-ish. I'd say I, I flicked him on last week because I was trying to get a couple of buy-round numbers. but um, if you've still got him in your side, there's no reason to trade him out. He's putting up big keeper scores. Um, he's outscoring Payne Haas over the last month or so, which is huge. So he's definitely one to hold on to if you've got him. Yeah, it's a strange time at front row because normally we have, you know, maybe a Payne Haas that's so far ahead of the pack. Um, was it was Papa Lee at front row last year? I last year, yeah. Right. So last year it was um, definitively Papa Lee and Payne Haas were the out-and-out mm. guns, and then it was just the also-rans. Um, this year it's it's Papali'i and then the rest. It's it's um, a couple of guys have stepped up to the plate, and so you could really pick from a number. Tarpani's distance him distancing himself from the pack as we speak, but um, that's not to say Ricky doesn't ruin that. No, well, yeah, so far so good. He did drop to like forty odd minutes once uh, in the last month or so, and he still scored pretty handily. So not even Ricky's random benchings can stop him. Uh, but, yeah, I think guys like Max King, Offerham, Goway, uh, absolute safe plays any week. So the more guys like that you can keep around in your side that aren't shedding cash or whatever, the better in the run home. Um, maybe we'll just talk quickly about Payne Haas because he was yep. a, a pretty big trade-out ever since that shoulder has become 
more and more of a concern. He's dropped to 482K, lost pretty much all his value. Uh, disappointing in terms of output, given that shoulder concern. I've still got him in my side. I think you know, at some point he's going to... At some point, you know, he's going to hopefully shake off that that injury, although they do seem to be lingering. But, yeah, just Payne Haas, having him as a number in the run home, he's not playing now, and I don't know if he's due – I think he's due back next week. But, I mean, he's there. I don't see a lot of value trading him. Yeah, that's exactly right. He's lost his value. Um, So now you're at the stage where you're trading up from Payne Haas to get anything worthwhile. Um, And I don't know if you just want to – um, if, if at the start of the year I told you you had to trade Payne Haas and 100K to get another front rower, you'd laugh at me. Um, it's not worthwhile doing. The reason he's dropped so much is because he's been carrying so many injuries and he's been trying to fight through them week to week and he's just been copying more and more. If he gets a couple of weeks off and, you know, he's not going to be 100% when he comes back. He's not going to be 100% till he gets some surgery in the off season. But he, the aim is to get him healthy enough to be putting up Payne Haas esque stats um mm. heading into the postseason if he starts doing that again then you're going to want to be on him so you may as well just hold for now yeah if you look 63 minutes 67 in his last two stints and that was while carrying <laughs> the shoulder concerns so i think he's not the same tackle busting freak we all know he can be but he's still pumping out those kinds of numbers could be again just one of those safe plays to have up your sleeve in the run home and uh, all the better if he does find some of that form. So for me, a comfortable hold for now, unless I need to make some uh, some sort of urgent trade down the track. Uh, who else have I got here? Sticking with injured players, Ryan Madison, moving down to second row. So he is a guy that unfortunately timed his rib injury for the worst possible occasion for super coaches because if you bought him, he uh, did not play the all-important buy round. So now he's not even in the side at all in the 25. Yeah, and a- it's a strange one again for Matter. That's a concern because he's been named the last couple of weeks um, and the consensus thought has been he's right on the cusp of being okay and, and then having to pull out that last minute because he's not got up enough. But to not even... <laughs> There's something there. but Something there, just leave it and go. But um, to not even be named this week is a concern. Maybe they've just taken a proactive approach similar to what Haas is and just saying, listen, rest it until you get it right and come back 100%. But um, these rib injuries can hang around and they can be quite painful. So, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad I'm not an owner because I don't want to have to be in that position. I think I'd be, you know, selling him to someone else and then potentially getting him back. But trades are so tight, it's, it might be hard to do that. Mm, the difference between him and us <clears throat> is that almost 200K price tag. So That's 109 it. break even. So, you know, if you do have trades up your sleeve, a very easy decision to make if you want to fund a. Well, that's this, it. There's, there's a couple of guys that we're going to talk about in a little bit that are about 100K cheaper than him. Um, and so you can make some money by trading him down to guys that are probably going to put up a similar output. Hmm. Uh, last on the list there before we get into some of the buyers, Talakai. So in Jersey, I think 21 this week, trying to mm. back up from Origin, but off the bench. So you'd think he's more than a good chance. But if you haven't traded him out already, uh, most people did to move someone in for round 17. If you haven't traded him out already, would you still be looking to do it? I wouldn't. Um, I, I made the argument for him last week and the week before, I think, that you know, I think he's one of the keepers. He can go huge on his day. The Sharks have been in great attacking form all year. Um, it's only a matter of time before he, he bangs out another big one. He makes sort of a perfect center wing five 
um, second row five. Um, you can flick him back and forth with an Isaac Tungo or, or a Jed Cartwright with those flexibilities. So he can cover multiple positions. I think he's too valuable. Mm. Maybe I'll have the reverse effect. So I traded him in after that 165-point game and he went to absolute shit. I traded him out last week. So no doubt when he comes back, it could be this week, he'll uh, absolutely tear it up. So the JT curse goes both ways. Yeehaw. Alrighty, let's move into some pod buys for the round. I don't know, just figured I'd use that one because I haven't heard it for a while, but pod buys. So we're not going to look at the, you mentioned Joe Tarpany, Joey Manu, all those sort of guys. Yep, just if you can, bring them in. But we're going to look at some mm-hmm. pods for this week. Maybe start with some Souths guys. Cam Murray and Latrell Mitchell are both 11% owned, so I'd say that's pod territory. Yeah, uh, Murray backing up from origin this week's a question mark, but Latrell, two 90s in a row. Start with him. Latrell Mitchell, he's the one you wanted over poor old Pappenhausen. Yeah, exactly right. If I had my time again, right? But um, <clears throat> Latrell, he, he's he got this in him. He's got this mongrel in him where he can tear a game apart, but he can also float out of it. Um, he hasn't done so since he's come back. He's really taken the game by the horns and, and led South to a couple of big victories. And, um, you know, goal kicking to boot. He's got a nice safe floor. To me, he's standing up and saying, "Pick me as your um, fullback um, number two. You know, you got the, the three into two sort of conundrum with Pappenhausen and, and Tedesco there as well. But Latrell's really putting the case forward to being one of those guys. Um, I don't have. I'm not talking anybody out of it. They've got a, a tough-ish run home that you spoke about earlier. You know, Melbourne uh, twice, did you say, and the Panthers, mm. but." Um, you know, Luttrell's proven that he can go big against those sides as well. So um, don't count him out just on the draw alone. He, he's, he's, yeah, he's a gun. And I don't know what else to say. But, um, would you pick him? Oh, let me put it back on you. Would you pick him on current form over Tedesco? Oh, on current form, yes, but on potential, probably not. I think Teddy's still one of the premiers in the position, safe to say. And Luttrell, purple patch at the moment, but... Against your guys last week, unfortunately, points were coming pretty freely. Eels didn't show up that first week back that he had, although that was a terrible uh, game for weather. So he's had a couple of interesting games. He's had a flat track and then a a pretty wet one and come through with pretty flying colours. But I think Luttrell, we know he's got a hot head, and I think that's what's going to be a concern going into the end of the year. The um, best thing for him is that they don't carry over points from any season before this. So he doesn't have any of those Joey Manu break of the uh, the eye socket yep. points carrying into this season. So I don't know. I think that was always the, the issue with him and he could have even been benched, uh, sin binned last week for that little scuffle at the death. But, you know, all things considered, I think if you brought him in, I'd be keeping him around. I just don't yep. think it'd be a uh, move a, a guy like Teddy or Hines or someone like that on if you've still got them in at, at uh, fullback for Latrell. I think there's a lot of good options there. Week to week, the you know, fullback of the week will change. So anyway, yeah, you're I don't want to be coming right. up against him, but I don't want to buy him. He, but he's a guy that if you want him, this is the week to get him. Um, despite the upcoming draws and stuff, he's got a very low break even. So he's going to quickly become too expensive. Um, so if you want to grab him, now's the time. Moving on to his South's partner in uh, Cam Murray. So looking to bounce back from origin, he is named at uh, starting lock. So um, all things going well. He gets another go this week. But I was looking around 
the second row. And there's not too many options that are striking me as must-buys. I think most people might have gotten off Cam Murray a while ago uh, with that origin stuff. But uh, coming into the run home, he's one of the more higher-priced players, just under 600K. Uh, is he a guy that you're keeping an eye on just to bring in, maybe not this week, but for that run home? Definitely. Um, and even potentially this week, he's he said 580K. He's got a, a 58 break even. Um, so very attainable for him, even in limited minutes. Um, mm. I think he backed up after Origin 1. And he, was, he got very few minutes that game, 46, and he scored yeah, 37. And, that was, that's the worry. Yeah, that's right. So it's probably not uh, a huge, um, an urgent thing, but definitely one on the radar because he's been the premier second rower in the game this year, I think. Um, I, I wouldn't have too many guys ahead of him that are pure second row forward only. So I think he's probably – and he's just such a workhorse and he's so important to what the Bunnies do, so everything goes through him. Yeah, if you look at the top five for averaging second row forwards, you've got Papali, who pretty much everyone has, Cam Murray, number two, Mato, who's out, Ola Kawatu, uh, again, most people, I believe, have him, Isaiah Yo, who's missing this week, and that's like a strange name to see up there. I didn't think he was gone so well. And you've got Tarpan and Talakai. So there's not many, I don't think – players sitting in there that most either don't already have or will be desperate to get in, maybe outside of Cam Murray. Um, I yep. think he's he's possibly the one guy you want to squeeze in there. But uh, again, if with some of the depth of talent so far this season, I don't think there's any need to move on some of the players we've just spoken about so quickly to get him in. But definitely a guy I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, exactly right. You had him at the start of the year and you were crowing about how good he was going. And I was, uh, I had a bit of jelly feet. So, you know, I'm not going to make the same mistake. I'm going to grab him and, and ride those scores. Yeah, definitely goes much higher more often than not. So he sits around that 70, 80 mark. He hasn't, uh, he's cleared 100, 100 once so far this season, 129 against the Chooks. So it can go large, but I think uh, a very safe, high sort of ceiling play for your run to the end. Alrighty, next on the list is a Titan day for Fita. Um, I haven't actually looked at his ownership. I believe a lot of dead teams would still own this guy, uh, but most people jettisoned him a little while ago with all the injury uh, concerns. But he is back, as we said, in the starting spot this week. But against the former side in the Broncos could be a you know a good motivator for him. But break even of seventy nine, is he a play not only this week but in the run home? Yes, it's just um, I'm a big Fafita fan. Um, when he's up and firing because he just goes huge. There's no one else in the position that can go as big as he can uh, on a consistent basis. He's been poor this year with his usage and uh, injuries and everything affecting him. But, uh, yeah, I'd be he's one of those guys that'd be too scared coming up against him knowing what he can do. Um, as you said, plays the Broncos this week. Last year when he played them, he had a 105 and a 66. So um, definitely gets up for their games. And, and I'm looking forward to having him for a big one this this coming mm. weekend. Interesting for his coach as well. He's hanging on by a thread by all reports. So mm. the last thing you want to be doing is playing silly buggers with your most highly paid player. So I think Dave Fafita has to be an 80-minute guy for the next yeah eight, nine weeks, whatever it is, to save Holbrook's coaching career at the Titans. But even that, if he gets moved on and you get a rookie coach coming in or caretaker or whatever, 
they're just going to play this guy as well. Literally oh, give the ball. Give the surely. ball today for Fita. It has not worked doing the opposite. So let the guy feed, basically. Yep. Yeah, mm. I 100% agree. There's nothing to lose now. They're not going to be playing finals. So you may as well just get him back to his best. Let him run it over people. And you think about the run home with your head-to-heads and that kind of thing. The guys, you start to get a lot of common players. So it's very rarely you come up against a guy and you know that's doing quite well. It has, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten different players to use. So normally you're going with a sort of almost cookie cutter kind of side. But Dave Afita, six percent owned. This is not a guy you want to come up against in the run home if he's uh, you know fit and firing and playing eighty minutes. So you know, I think he'll be in. I reckon fifteen percent of teams by the end of the year. Just given his history, I think as you said, he's. He's but a caged say, beast, but ready to be uncaged. Even 15% is low ownership for someone of David Fafita's calibre. Um, you imagine being in you, you were just talking about your cash leagues before. You come up in a cash league and you spot David Fafita on the other side and you haven't had the mm. trades to get him in. You'll be shitting yourself going into that weekend because uh, he can just go bang at any minute. And, um, yeah, I, he's one I'm definitely eyeing off and I don't – um, I don't think I want to go through the heartache of not owning, owning him. Got one other on my list here, and that's Adam Dewey. We spoke about the uh, hapless Tigers. They have finally moved the guy back into his preferred second row, oops, the second row, five-eighth spot. Is he now a play if, with a couple more weeks? Let's, let's not talk yeah. about him this week because he has got a long way to fall with his price tag. But uh, is Adam Dewey, goal kicking and all that kind of thing, a guy that you want to pot up with for the next you know, eight weeks. I yes, ish. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Say the Tigers. It's it's a hard game to watch any Tigers game at the moment, and it's hard to own any of their players, hoping they'll go okay. Especially guys relying on attacking stats like um, Dewey would be. Hmm. But um, he absolutely killed last year before doing his ACL. And, you know, playing in a, a role with his hands on the ball. He he played half a game of football in round 16 and scored 36 points or something like that. So he definitely still got the ability. Um, now he's on the ball. He could go gangbusters. And he's available in the center wing. So you don't even have to take up a valuable 5-8 spot for him. You can um, have a pod cent- center wing play there with him there. So I think it's probably worthwhile looking at him. Yeah, I think he geez, he's got three scores under thirty six in his uh, well three games so far this season. So I think a lot of cash to drop. But if he quickly turns it on, it might not be that uh, might it be the three hundred k sort of mark that you're looking at. Could be around the four hundreds. But even then, I might pull the trigger because on his day, he's a very classy five eighth. And we saw the Tigers immediately looked better last week when they shifted him to five eighth and Brooks out to centre. He'd be better off the bench, but whatever. But, uh, yeah, going forward, I think if the Tigers are going to do anything, and, and they're one of those sides, like, they're wooden spoon contenders, right? They're, they're just going to throw Absolutely. this freaking thing around. And a guy like Dewey, points prove, I think, uh, a lot of points up his sleeve. So, I keen to see how he goes this week against Penrith. That might uh, make the call easier for me down the track, but definitely a guy I am watching quite closely. Uh, any other pod buyers from your perspective before we move to some of the cells? Uh, no, no one of huge pod interest for me that I think that we haven't covered already. I haven't gone in depth in looking at it. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the main guys, as far as pod value goes, you've hit the nail on the head. 
And all right, let's move to the sales. And this could be a rare week for me, Lakey, because there's no one that's absolutely screaming out, sell me. Grant Anderson, Rabalawa, he was terrible. <clears throat> one of my classic buy round picks. He scored 22 mm-hmm. and did a hammy. I think he's gone for eight weeks, so that's the season for him. But Grant Anderson, Rava, they're both injured. Uh, Brandon Smith, he's suspended. <laughs> so there's a few guys I'm carrying that aren't losing cash this week. So no one for me screams sell. But if I look around some of the leagues, wait, uh, wait. Poor old Will Penasini, a couple yep. of 20s, I think, in a row. A lot of people moving away from him. He's probably the only one that uh, screams absolute urgent sell in the sort of popular super coach range. Anyone else you can think of? Uh, the only one I, other one I could come up with is Chris Randall, but he's not mm. playing at all, so he's not going to drop any cash. Um, so it's you can move him on uh, at a later date if need be. Penasini is going to play and he's going to drop a bunch of cash from now on. So absolutely must sell this week if you're wanting to move on from him. Um, but no, I'm the same. I've got guys like Isaiah Tass, um, Tolotau Kula, Ezra Mam um, that we spoke about earlier. They've all got relatively low break-evens or good matchups. So you can afford to hold on to them for another week or so and, and let them fatten up a little bit more. Mm. So I think great week to hold some trades. It's going to be carnage. It's going to be team list issues. If you've got healthy players playing, as we've said, there's a lot of hold options this week. So just save a trade or two. You've got to do it at some point. So I'm taking the advantage before I absolutely cannot make any more trades. So there you go. All right, Lakey, you finished with your old baby, and that's captains and vices. So how did your captain go last week? You did get two bites of the cherry. I did, but my first bite was Ryan Pappenhausen, who stunk it up. So it was really only the one bite of the cherry. I threw it on Dylan Brown, hoping that the Eels would absolutely tear apart the Tigers. Uh, they didn't, um, and one of the halves went gangbusters, but it wasn't my guy. He had a 57. So it wasn't a huge score, but I've had far worse mm. uh, in my time. You nailed it from what I see. I don't know about nailed it, but I think Isaiah Papali getting across the line definitely helped my captain call. Although I was annoyed after Thursday night because I VC'd Jerome Hughes. I don't own Pappenhausen, so that was a tough watch. But uh, Jerome Hughes barely did anything. And, geez, Cody Walker was the VC ever on, well, wanted in hindsight. But uh, yep. anyway, 119 points for the big cork. Not too bad, but would have loved uh, a little blue armband on him, but not to be. But anyway, for this week, I think there's a couple of good matchups I'm eyeing off. So you got the Eels coming up against the Warriors, Manly against the Knights, Broncos versus Titans, and Souths versus Dogs. The rest are fairly even uh, sort of matchups. I think we would have said Panthers against Tigers before all of the outs. But given some of those matchups, who are you looking at for Vice and Captain this week? I think I'm going to go Vice on uh, Dylan Brown. I th- the Warriors halves matchup is fantastic. They're putting up 60-plus um, halves. Sorry, either side of the field are putting on... 60 plus to um, against the Warriors each week. So I think Dylan Brown could have a big one here. He's a perfect sort of opportunity for a vice captaincy play. I also like, as you mentioned, you got Ruben Garrick against my Knights. If he's goal kicking, even better. He could go massive. And um, for captaincy play, if I do manage to bring in a day for feeder, I don't mind him against the Broncos. As I said, he just. Loves to play his old club. He puts up some big scores on them, and I think he's got a point to prove, so may as well. Ballsy go. play, I like it, from you know the top of the rafters in the you know 10,000th spot. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well start throwing some darts. What's the worst that could happen? Uh, I do like that Eels matchup, as you said, but I don't own Brown. So instead, I've gone Mike Acevo. 
for the VC. So he was pretty good last week, got a try, could have had another, but tiptoed on the line. But I thought he looked pretty fiery, so can go a bit rollercoastery. So who knows with him, but VC for mine. And then I was trying to toss up between Teddy, who will mm-hmm. be backing up from Origin, or Olakwatu against your boys, the Knights, who yeah. are a bit leaky at the yeah. moment. I really like Olakwatu as an attacking play, but uh, Tedesco, day game, Dragons should be a, a handy one. Depending on origin, maybe if the Blues win, I'll probably be less inclined. But if they get done by the Mighty Maroons, I think he'll come out with a point to prove. So, mm-hmm. yeah, trying to flip a coin between those two. I Who would you be going? With, with Teddy, uh, because the Roosters are currently in 10th or something, they're sitting outside the eight. They can't afford to drop any more games. So these guys, I feel like unless injury strikes them down on Wednesday and touch wood, that it doesn't. But... Um, I think they're all going to come out and play and they're going to get up as much as they can for this game. It's a an old school fierce rival with the, you know St. George Illawarra so I'm I would be leaning towards Teddy. We know he can go massive. And how's the Dragons given up 140 points to fullback Tessie New last week? Yep. Like, exactly right. Like are you friggin' serious? This and guy on on paper, it hasn't been the case this year, but on paper, this Roosters side that we're looking at this week is far better than the Broncos side that ran out against St. George last weekend. So they could put, do a number on St. George if the same Dragon side turns up. Papers also told us we'd be uh, running wooden spooners and we are currently second up the Mighty Cowboys. So there you go. Made to be shred. But anyway, it should be an interesting week. Hopefully we get through without uh, much fuss and hopefully the... Mighty Maroons get up tomorrow night. A lot of rookies go Tom Deard and you good thing. What a story for him. A lot of Cowboys in that side. I'm looking forward to oh, It's going to be an absolutely Cinderella story when he leads the, Can you imagine? the Maroons to victory Can tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to see it. I have a sneaky suspicion that the Blues might do a number on us. But, you know, underdog story. Got to love being in this position as a Maroon. Thank you very much for coming on board, Lakey. Good to uh, chat to you. And, geez, it'll be... Eight more weeks, all fun and games in the run home. I can't wait to see what curveballs get thrown our way. So all the best. Uh, Stay safe tomorrow night. I hear you are uh, partying on, leaving the kids at home. I might be having a tipple, but yes, that would be a nice cold night and then I'll be warming myself up. Very good. I'm actually going away this weekend with Wenon and Mm. uh, Sparky, old mate Gil. So we're going to Hope Island to play a little uh, golf weekend. So hopefully I make it back alive. You might be doing this girls trip. The, the girls trip, yes. It's the uh, yeah, annual uh, girls retreat up at Hope Island. So makeup, spa trip, all that kind of gear. Should be a fun-filled, wholesome weekend. Looking forward to it. It's his first trip away since he's yes, uh, well, first made trip since he's been a dad. So, yeah, I don't know what sort of winning we're going to get. could be spicy. Oh, you'll get loose winning. I'm sure of it. <laughs> well, he's uh, already packing the scotch away, so... Golf course scotch. So anyway, Hope Island. Hope you're ready for for this uh, very tired dad and me, soon to be thirty. <laughs> Big weekend. <laughs> Big weekend ahead. Thanks very much, Lucky. Chat to you next time. See you, mate. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.